Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reflections of a CEO. If you're joining me by video, very nice to see you. If you're joining me by audio, great to have you here. So today, I wanted to spend the entire episode talking about 2019 and my 2019 um, goals. And I don't even frame them as goals personally, but I'm saying them as 2019 goals because it's a common way to talk about uh, this type of thing. And oftentimes when people start a new year, they think through these goals that they have and and here's what I'm going to achieve in the next year. And oftentimes it may look like something like I'm going to go to the gym four times a week or I'm going to take two vacations, or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And there's like these milestones and markers. And the way I look at things, and it really stems from a business sense, actually, is that if the goals and, and the things are just the uh, the milestones and the markers, um, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, right? Um, it doesn't, um, it's not enough. It doesn't keep you going throughout the entire year. Uh, what does though, and this is the way I structure my business, and then I'll get into how I'm structuring it for me personally, is we say, here's where we want to be in a year. Here's what we, what, what we want the future to look like, uh, what we want to want it to, to look like, what, it, what we want it to feel like. Um, and then once we're like, wow, that, that future would be beautiful, then we work backwards and say, okay, what has to happen such that that is true? What are the actions we have to take to get there? And then what are the uh, specifics, the, the KPIs, so to speak, key performance in indicators and the metrics that we're tracking all the way such that we get to that end objective. But it really starts with where do you want to be? Who do you want to be in the future? Um, and then working backwards. So then you, you don't get tired of, of the day to day, right? Of like, okay, I'm just going to go to the gym and then gym and gym. Really what you're chasing, for example, is uh, I want to be a, a healthy person or um, there's something bigger there. There's a why that you need to uncover um, as to why you're doing something. Because if you don't have that, um, you know, it just kind of fades. Um, where was I? So you kind of, um, you fade, You right? If you don't have that North Star on that why you're doing something, it's very easy. That's why you see people, I think, at the gym who, uh, it's a typical thing. You get back in January, then you lose sight of it. Because you're not, you're not, you don't have a deeper reason why you're doing something. And so uh, we found that works well in business. Now, you can't just have that, in my opinion, you can't just have that, that why and then not do anything. Then you start working backwards. Then you have specific things every single day that you're doing. So then it's not overwhelming, right? So when you look at a year, where, where do you want to be in a year? Then you say, great, let me break it up into four quarters, Q4, three, two, one. Um, and then you break it up again. Um, I like to then take Q1 and look at the months, month one, two, and three, January, February, March. And then for each uh, month, I look at the weeks and then from the weeks to the days. And so as you get closer to today, it gets more granular and more detailed, right? So then you can just focus on the week ahead and you say, okay, cool. Now I know I need to go to the gym three times this week. I need to do this two times or whatever, but it's all in service to something bigger and it's part of a plan. Um, so that way, you know, you're going towards something, you'll have that motivation and that, that drive longer term, but then during the week, you can just focus on the specific things, um, and you're not overwhelmed. So then you tune it out and you're just like, all right, I'm going to go. So that's the way I approach it. So, um, what I called it this year, not transitioning into my personal, 
things for 2019. I call them my, uh, my development areas. And there's six of them. So the way that I came up with these was by first asking uh, my coach. I went to my coach, my executive coach, who uh, knows me very well. And I, and I asked her, um, what do you think are the things that I need to work on or, or I can improve to become a, um, you know, where I want to be? And, and then I did that, the same exercise. So she did it and I did it. Then we came together and um, I took her input. And with, with some discussion, then I, I refined this list to where it is today. And I think it still needs to be refined a bit more, but, um, you know, it's never going to be perfect. And so I'm going with this and over time, over the year, maybe I, I adjust a little bit here and there and, and that's okay. I think, um, it's a bit fluid, but here's the, here's the six. I'll walk you through my six development areas. Okay. So number one. Number one is I choose to lead fully and fearlessly. Okay, let me repeat that again. I choose to lead fully and fearlessly. You'll notice with a lot of these, actually with all of them, they're I choose statements. They're who I want to be um, this year. And, and at the end of the year, if I can say um, that I, I lead fully and fearlessly, then I will be super happy. So... Um, what, it, what does this actually mean? So I've actually documented a lot of this. Um, and I'm looking at my screen just for my notes because it's, a, it's like a 10-page, 11-page document here. Um, but the, the high-level um, meaning of this is, is I really need to step into um, truly being a leader, right? I run uh, a business. I've, I've been running it for, for seven years. Um, I'm spinning out more businesses and, um, you know, have this holding company. And, and to be honest, I haven't been a great leader. I've written about this recently in some blog posts, uh, my journey to become a leader and what that even means. Um, and so this year is when I really want to step into it, really step into who I am uh, as a person and, and who I am as a leader. And I've, uh, I've been scared at times to, to really do that, to be honest. Um, and, and this year I'm going to change that. So I've written down a couple, couple notes on what that even, you know, some, some further points. Uh, so for example, one is around accountability. I believe, uh, to be a great leader, you have to hold people accountable. Um, and I haven't done this very well in the past. And so this year I'm really going to be working on that, holding my executive team accountable um, to improve holding other people around me accountable and just really setting and holding a very high standard is really important to being a good leader in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to be, uh, working on my, uh, on that because sometimes I've been scared to hold people accountable. Um, but I really want to lean into that this year. Um, next up is that I wrote down under becoming, a who I want to be as a leader is, I wrote this down, be ruthless about not tolerating ways of being that are counter to the culture I wish to create at my companies. So this is a really important point. So over time, I've been uh, a, a bit soft about this. People have come into my life and into my businesses um, that, uh, that weren't the type of person um, or helping foster the type of culture that I wanted. And I really didn't do a great job of removing them as fast as um, 
as uh, maybe I should have. So so now I I um, really want to be ruthless about that and not tolerating ways of being that are, are counter to the culture that I want. So uh, it's not to say anytime it's counter, I'm just going to remove that person. If it comes to that point and I don't believe that they, uh, they're a fit, I'm going to remove them much faster. And I've gotten better at this over time. But also uh, if I see something or, or hear something or whatever it is, I'm addressing it right away, right? And really fostering a good culture um, because that is so, so important to building a business and a company. Um, next up on the list is become better at communicating my vision to people. So this is a big one for me because I've been scared uh, to do this at times, uh, scared or uh, thinking I'm a fraud um, or thinking people won't care or, or you know, just self-doubt a lot of it around my vision, not thinking it mattered to share it. Um, and, uh, and, and this year I really want to get better at that, right? Because, uh, it's really important, um, to build, um, a very solid team and, and, uh, get people behind you. And in order to do that, they need a vision. They need to understand your vision so that they can, they can follow it. And I haven't been great at communicating that. So I'm really working on that, uh, this year as well. Uh, so I can help, enroll people better. Um, next up is under that is not being scared to say that's not good enough. And that's a big one, right? So I hold an extremely high bar for myself, but I don't always do it for, for other people. And I'm scared to say that's not good enough. Um, I don't like to hurt people's feelings or, or, um, that sort of thing, but actually by tolerating it, I'm tolerating, um, things that aren't good enough. And, and I really, uh, I'm very ambitious on, on where um, I'd like to take things and I need to be able to say that and then it will trickle down, right? If I, if I uh, accept um, things that aren't good enough, other people will as well, right? And it starts at the top with me as a leader. And so I'm, uh, I'm going to really lean into that this year of not being, able, uh, not being scared to say that's not good enough. Now, this next one, this next one's an interesting one under becoming a leader, right, is not being scared to say, yes, I am special and fully embrace my strengths. So this one's a really tough one for me because I uh, very much over the last few years and since I've always, I've never really thought of myself as really special, to be honest, kind of just like, yeah, I'm doing my thing. And, and it, you know, anyone would do this and, and it's just kind of a normal thing. And I really downplay myself and my strengths um, and what I've accomplished, which I'm really trying to see myself in order to like really be a leader. I need to see myself and how special I really am and actually be able to say, yes, I am special. What I am building, what I have built, what I am building, who I am as a person, my capabilities, my abilities um, are just unique and special. And, and that is me. And I need to lean into that because if, if I don't see myself, how can, how can other people really? And, and it's not in a cocky way. It's just in a, I see myself, I'm, I'm confident in me. Um, and really realizing that I'm unique because then I can also see, uh, how other people are different, what is special about me. So I can put myself in positions where I'm uniquely uh, capable of doing things, but also, um, realizing what I'm not so good at. Right. So anyways, that's, that's going to be a tough one for me, uh, this year to really be like, yes, I am special. M maybe you've struggled with that, uh, as well, if you're listening to this, but, um, it's one that, uh, I'm, I'm really going to work on this year. Um, the next one is related to that. I call it appreciation. So really learning to appreciate myself, right? Because then I can appreciate other people as well. I'm not great at showing appreciation. I'm not good at receiving it. Um, 
And I, I think it's partially because I don't appreciate myself enough. So I'm going to be working on that this year. Um, and then the last point here, I said, step into, uh, quote unquote, being the CEO. This has been a hard one for me uh, over the years. Like being like, yes, I am, I am the CEO. And, and, um, but also realizing like the CEO is, is just a role. It doesn't define me as a person. There's a role called the CEO at Jack, and I am that person, right? And we get to define what the CEO means. Um, but it just doesn't mean anything else. Like I'm the CEO, I'm playing this role. Um, and in that role, um, I, I get to not get, I, I am required to do certain things, right? Hold the highest standard, do all the things above that I just talked about, right? And really stepping into like seeing myself as, yes, I, I am Anthony, the CEO of the company, not I am Anthony, the founder of Jacked, right? Um, so that's, that's going to be an important one. Um, so anyways, um, I could talk about this one for seriously, the whole, uh, podcast. Um, but, uh, I'm going to move on to the next point. So just to recap, that is, I choose to lead fully and fearlessly. Now the next one, right. Is a sip of water here. Okay. So the next one, I choose to surround myself with high performers in all domains. So I touched on this a lot, a little bit in, in the other one, but this one's a really important one for me, right? What I've really come to realize is that it's all about the people you surround yourself with. Building a company is all about the people and the culture. So I touched on culture uh, in the other one. This one is really about people. And, and I really say in all domains. So not just in business, but in all areas of my life. In order to push yourself um, and become the best version of yourself or the best version of your company or anything, you need to be surrounded by high performers, right? Anyone who is not a high performer or at that level then that is your level. You will drop down to that level. You will not play at that higher level. I crave, I'm getting this big, big craving to be pushed by other people right now. And so I am going to surround myself with high performers in all domains, right? In anything I want to learn about or in my current business, right? So um, with that said, uh, there's two kind of bullets under this. One is I need to get really good at attracting, retaining, and fostering high performers, Right? So I need to learn how to really attract them, to really retain them, to keep them uh, around me, uh, and then also to foster, right? to, to keep uh, pushing other people and, and um, fostering high performance is really important. Um, and then the second aspect here, and this one is really related more to business and, and my company, is create a space for high performers to grow. Right? It, high performers want to be around other high performers. If you have a high performer in your company and they're not surrounded by other high performers, uh, they're going to want to go seek other high performers, right? And also, if there's not room for them to grow, they will seek growth somewhere else. It's just human nature, right? I want to create a space where high performers can grow within my businesses so that they can stay here um, and uh, and we can do some really great things together. So that's the, the next one. I choose to surround myself with high performers in all domains. But it's just really important because you can just accelerate where you are in business and where you are in life by surrounding yourself with these people. And, and I'm just really craving that right now. So I'm going after that. Um, the next one. So th this, this is a new one that I've never really included. Um, yeah, well, kind of. So I'll just read it to you. I choose to invest meaningful and regular time in domains outside of work. So this is an interesting one because my life has been just, you know, if you know me or you've been following me or, um, you know, you'll know that work has just been my life nonstop for the last six, seven years. And so this was, this was one, my, my coach, Elizabeth, she challenged me to, to put in here and I said, like, okay, let's do it. So, um, 
I, I listed out a couple things underneath here um, that, are, that are important to me. So first off, um, financial freedom number and how to get there. So this is something I lost sight of a little bit um, because I've just been focused on my business so much is um, something I've been really interested in since I was a kid was really getting to my version of financial freedom. And what I define as financial freedom is having um, passive income cover my living expenses and a specific type of passive income, not this like um, online business, sit on a beach with my ties, pat, quote unquote, passive income. I'm talking about passive income that will last for years and years and years. And the one way that I think I can do this is through real estate, real estate and, and hard assets that are real estate, rental income. That's paying off, right? I can own a building for 30, 40 years and I'll have rental income paying me every single year, right? That's the type of uh, um, passive income I'm talking about. So that's what I'm working towards. Uh, and in, in order to do that, one thing that Sasha and I did, uh, if you're joining me by video, um, Sasha's, this is right next to me, audio, Sasha's right next to me. We are cutting our living expenses dramatically, right? If you want to achieve financial freedom, the fastest way to do it, right, is to lower your expenses and then that passive income covers that. So it's just a time game. I want to get there faster. So I could get there slower by keeping my expenses high, right? I'm making enough money from businesses and, and doing that where I could live a much higher lifestyle, but I'm not really free. Like I, sure, I can do whatever I want every day. Like I'm in Miami right now. I could fly to New York tomorrow. I could go to Europe tomorrow. Like I have a lot of freedom, which is what I wanted to build um, by, by having um, these businesses but, and, and freedom of choice, but I can't stop it. Like if the business tanks tomorrow, um, I don't have money coming in, right? Um, so I really want to have uh, essentially indestructible kind of uh, freedom and, and wealth. And so we're going to reduce our living expenses um, really by moving to Miami and some adjustments and reduce whatever. We're, we're cutting our expenses down almost in half um, and hopefully keeping the idea is keep our income the same amount, expenses down, but then start investing in real estate, uh, or similar things. I'm going to explore different things so that there's uh, rental income or passive income is covering our living expenses. So that's what we're, we're working towards. Um, I don't think we're going to achieve it this year, right? But, um, I'm going to work towards that this year. Uh, next up is, uh, I have on here relationship. Um, so I think Sasha will be happy that this one is on there. Um, is, uh, is just really spending time and focusing on my relationship with Sasha um, because I've, uh, I don't want to say I've neglected it um, over the last couple of years, but I haven't been as focused on it. And, uh, and if you watched uh, or listened to my last podcast, we did a whole episode on what it's like to date an entrepreneur. And in that, um, I won't spoil the whole thing, but uh, it's a great episode. You should go listen to it. Uh, but we, uh, we talked about how from day one, I told Sasha, hey, my priority is the business and it is not the relationship. And this year, it's not, that hasn't changed. However, I'm going to make it more of a priority. So um, it's still not the number one priority, but it's, it's more important. So I'm going to work on that this year. Uh, next up, I'm not sure. I may take this one out. This may be a 2020 uh, one, but uh, I talked about uh, learning Italian again. So I grew up, for context, I, uh, my dad's from Italy. Uh, he was born in Sicily, and uh, him and his, his uh, parents moved here. Um, so he, he came to the States not knowing English. Um, 
And growing up with my, uh, my grandparents were there and we spoke Italian all the time, you know, until I was six or seven. And then I started going to school and started speaking English and kind of lost it. I would go over to Italy a couple times. Uh, I've been five, six times now staying. My aunt lives there permanently. So uh, my, my grandparents still have a house there. When I go there, when I used to stay a couple weeks at a time, I would learn, you know, I would, I would get back into the swing of things, but I, I really lost my Italian. And it was one of the things that I really wish um, I kept as a, as a kid for a number of reasons. And so I really, at some point, uh, want to pick it up again, given how much um, I sometimes bite off more than I can chew. And so this, this might be one of those times where I'm, I'm taking on a little bit too much. So I may push Italian to the next year. Um, I also have here listed uh, the next part under domains outside of work is real estate. I touched on with financial freedom. Uh, I won't go over the details of real estate, but I need to dive into real estate in order to get there. And so I'm really going to be focused on that this year. Uh, And then lastly, which is really important, self-care. So it's really important. I've learned I have to take care of myself. I am the most important person to me. I have to take care of myself before I can take care of anyone else. I have to be, I have to choose my happiness first before I can help anyone else. And, uh, and I've been hesitant. I, and to be honest, I just haven't done that over the last, uh, you know, few years. I've really put myself second to the business and to other people. I've, I've said, Hey, I'll take care of the business first. I'll take care of the people on my team first. Um, and I put my health and well-being, literally my emotional and mental health below, uh, other people right? And, and the business. And, uh, and this year that changes because I realize if I'm in a good state, I can actually do more for everyone else. And I'm really choosing myself first. That's why, you know, a first step in that direction was saying, Hey, I'm going to spend time in Miami. Um, you know, and, and I'm going to design this life that I want and not being scared to, to say that and do that. So self-care around mental, emotional, and physical well-being is super important this year. And, uh, I'm really going to be investing in that. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things I'm doing there, but I, I'll get into, uh, I'm not going to go through all the details. Um, okay. So that's the first three, the next one, right. And just to recap so far, we have one, I choose to lead fully and fearlessly Two, I choose to surround myself with high performers in all domains. Three, I choose to invest meaningful and regular time in domains outside of work. Now four, number four, um, is I choose to embrace the operations side of business, specifically how to create repeatability and predictability. So this is a really important one, right? To grow and scale a business. I look at a business like a machine. A machine comprised of multiple systems. And those systems work together to to make the machine work. And those systems are comprised of people, processes, tools, right? And when it's all working together, you have this beautiful machine that just works and grows and spits off cash, right? Like that's, that's what I'm working on building. And in order to do that, you really have to be good uh, from the architect level um, at the operation side of business and creating repeatability and predictability. So I'm really working on that this year because I've, it's not that I've avoided it, um, yeah, I kind of have. And there's a reason for that, that I think I'm getting at, which all that I figured out, I think in the next two points that I'll go over that I'm working on this year. Um, but I love, interestingly enough, um, automating things and, and becoming predictable things. I mean, that's why, uh, you know, I was a 
a developer for, for years um, because I love some of that, but I, I haven't embraced it as much. So I'm embracing this year the operation side of business and loving it uh, and creating repeatability and predictability uh, in, in Jacked and in all my businesses. It's really important to, to growing and building what I want to, uh, to build, um, which is great. So, um, but really what I discovered, I, I actually convinced my, or told myself when I was starting to do this, Hey, I'm not good at the operations side of business. Um, I'm not good at creating repeatability and predictability. And, and you know, what's really interesting is when I think about it, that's just, that's just some bullshit. Actually, I'm actually pretty good at it. I may not be the absolute best, but I was kind of lying to myself, right? Because I've started a couple other businesses and, um, right where things were pretty damn repeatable, predictable, and operationally sound. They weren't as big as jacked, right? But they were smaller things. You know, I, I had gotten to the point where both with my e-commerce and some of my events business where I'd spend, you know, a couple hours a week and everything was just automated and, and very predictable. I knew I would show up every weekend, collect a couple thousand dollars or, um, you know, I had a system set up for, for e-commerce and like, I loved it. But what I, what, um, I kind of lost it over time. You know, I had this relationship, um, with hard work that I have to work hard for everything. I don't deserve things unless I work hard for them. And, uh, I think this goes down from even when I was a kid and my parents, the way I was, I was brought up, right. Is that it was seen as a negative, uh, for me to be entrepreneurial and, kind of sitting there making money by not working because growing up, you know, my dad was working every single day. Right. And I had set up systems that I was making money without working because I put in all the work to set up the systems. And so my time invested was disproportional. I would spend an hour, but make $50. I would spend an hour, make $150, spend an hour, make a thousand dollars. Right. And so that, that is not normal. It's not a normal way of thinking. It's not how we're brought up oftentimes in the middle, middle-class society. Um, how I was, I was brought up. So anytime I've kind of gotten to that point or anytime I've not been working all the time or working so hard, but my company's made a lot of money, I feel bad about it and guilty. And so I almost self-sabotage myself. Um, right. And so I need to, um, part of embracing the operational side of business and creating repeatability and predictability. And there's definitely some mechanical, like some real learnings and, and things I need to work on. But I think before I can really lean into this, it really goes um, into this next point, which is point number five, which is I choose to allow money to flow to me easily and effortlessly, right? I choose to allow, and I might, I might change it to, I choose to let, I choose to allow money to flow to me easily and effortlessly. So I have this relationship with money, which is, you know, I'm rewiring, right? I, this hard work. I work hard for every dollar. I, um, you know, if I'm not working hard, I don't deserve it, right? And and it's just not a great mentality. I also wrote a blog post about this recently. It's, it's just when you think about productivity or or just, I mean, look at any billionaire, right? Like they have the same 24 hours in the day, yet they disproportionately uh, make way more money than other people. Why is it? I think it's because they've mastered this. I choose to allow money to flow to me easily and effortlessly. That's not just to say it's going to appear out of nowhere, right? Like, um, but uh, this is really a mindset. I mean, maybe it will actually appear. It will come in from, from everywhere. But uh, I really need to work, rewire this thing because then I will actually think it's okay and great to set up systems 
that are predictable and repeatable and kind of grow and work without me. Um, and, and I'm not a zero out of a hundred, you know, on this thing, but I'm like, I'd grade myself as a, for where I want to be in life. I'm an F I'm not good at this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't let it flow easily and effortlessly and I'm really working on that. Um, so that I can also be open to the possibilities and the opportunities that are in front of me and not feel bad. Right. Like I had, I was giving this example to my coach. She's like, is allow the right word. Like, it sounds like you're not letting opportunities in because there's a difference between attracting the opportunities and then letting them in and allowing them. I was like, it, it might be both, but it really is part of it's allow. Like I have this one opportunity that, um, through, through, you know, I haven't talked to this person for a little bit, but through everything I've done, right? Like anyways, the guy calls me and, and I could potentially make 10 to 15,000 a month recurring for about a year, um, by setting up the, you know, a couple pieces. And I'm like, ah, I don't deserve that. Like, what did I do? Make a phone call? Like, I don't deserve this. Um, right. But actually, no, no, I need to rewire myself that actually I will let this money flow. I allow the money to flow easily and effortlessly. Like I deserve this. Um, and it's really because I've set up, by the way, it's every quote unquote overnight success. It's everything I've done for the last 15 years has boiled up to the point where, Hey, I can connect two people and make a bunch of money. Right. And that's just going to get bigger. And I need to be okay with that and truly believe that I'm, I, uh, I'm deserving of that. And I'm going to allow the money to flow, uh, to me. Right. Um, easily and effortlessly. So it's one thing that I really think really wealthy people have mastered. Uh, they have just a different relationship with money. So I'm really working on that this year anyways. Um, and the, the other, um, and this relates to the, the final point. Um, I almost combined this into point number five, but we, we decided to separate it yesterday. I choose to attract abundance in all aspects of my life, right? So there's this element of you have to attract abundance and then you have to allow it and let it in, right? Because you can attract it and not let it in, right? So, um, and I, and I chose to make it abundance and not just, I chose to attract money because I want it in all areas of my life, not just money, right? The reason why I put the, the point above about money is because I specifically, have a blocker there and allowing myself to, to allow money to flow to me easily and effortlessly. So I'm rewiring that. But then point number six, I choose to attract abundance in all aspects of my life, right? That, that's a really, um, that's, that's a intentional one saying attract and it's really important one. So it's in relationships, in health and well-being. Um, you know, I've had some health scares over the last year. Um, but, uh, and I have a tendency to think negatively, but I really need positive energy and thoughts. Um, so it's, it's around money, health, happiness, relationships, everything. I want abundance in all aspects of my life. I want to live abundantly and I really want to choose, choose that this year. So that's the last one. So just to recap, let me take a sip of water here. Just to recap the, uh, the six, right, is... And again, they are all I choose statements. It's choosing ways of being and who I am as a person, right? I choose to lead fully and fearlessly. I choose to surround myself with high performers in all domains. I choose to invest meaningful and regular time in domains outside of work. I choose to embrace the operation side of business, specifically how to create repeatability and predictability. I choose to allow money to flow to me easily and effortlessly. I choose to attract abundance in all aspects of my life right? This is, I'm choosing, I, this is who I want to be. Um, you know, and, and if I am this person, uh, over the next year and at the end of the year, I will be extremely happy with myself. Now 
let me get to the next important point. You can't just say these things and not do anything about it, right? It takes action uh, to, um, to get here. So this is where we say, okay, hey, uh, this is where I want to be in a year. Here's who I want to be this year. Now, how do I get there, right? So I'm now, the next step is going to be documenting uh, practices to get there, right? So for example, and this I haven't completely flushed out yet. And, and it's okay because uh, I will work on this. But the point is uh, I will document things in order to get here. And, and I will start just like I do in business, you know, breaking up into quarters um, and then months and weeks and days. But for example, you know, what this might tangibly look like, right, is a scorecard that I say, if I say, I'm going to look at these and, and repeat these to myself every single morning, right? Um, because I think that will help me get there. So then I would create a scorecard and literally check off, you know, and look at myself every morning, say it, and then check it off. And then at the end of the week, I can say, okay, I, uh, I made progress towards this. And then you, you assess as you're going, like, is this, how do I feel about it? Am I making progress? Um, and I have an accountability partner in my coach. She's going to hold me accountable to the things I'm doing to get here. So, uh, I'm going to break this into tasks and things I can do, but not losing sight of the why. I'm doing it, right? So then once I uh, just have the task and the thing that I'm doing, um, it relates to that bigger bigger objective. So it's all tied together, but I can just focus on the, the task at hand. Um, so I can be in the moment when I'm, you know, uh, going out to dinner with Sasha and, and turning off my phone and spending time with her, right? Like that, that might be a task that I'm doing. Um, and when I look back on it in the week or the month and I assess myself and I say, yep, that was getting me closer to that, right? Or whatever it may be. But it's important to, um, I think assess on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, and then yearly. So you're constantly checking in. It's top of mind. Um, and you're constantly taking action. So anyways, that will be my next step is really breaking it into like, how am I going to, um, what, what are the actual steps I'm taking to get there? Um, uh, and mapping that out. So anyways, uh, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up there, but let me, let me just leave you with these closing thoughts. Uh, if you've already set kind of your 2019 objectives, if you haven't, that's okay. To me, you can really start at any point. 2019, there's something psychologically that people have. Oh, it's the new year. I'm going to start. I really, to be honest, I started making these development areas in, in November. Um, I wasn't waiting until 2019. I'm just deciding to do it because this is when, you know, releasing it to the public of um, is when people oftentimes do it. Um, but you can really start this at any point in time. And um, I think, you know, maybe, maybe this will give you a different way of looking at it saying, Hey, I choose, uh, maybe do I choose statements or you just look at who do you want to be? And you don't get so hung up initially on the, I'm going to work out five times a week or whatever it is. Um, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle. And then you say, right. Then you have to say, if you say, I choose to be healthy, then you have to define, well, what does healthy mean? Well, I, um, you, you know, I feel good every day and, um, I, I'm not overweight and, and then you get a bit more details and you say, cool, how am I going to get there? Right? So it's, what does it look like in a year? How do I want to feel? I want to be healthy. Great. Uh, I want to be healthy because I want to be in the top, uh, 20 percentile of, of the population. Great. So what are the metrics I need to get there? Okay. How am I going to do it? I'm going to work out three times a week, et cetera. Right. You see how I'm breaking it down. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Then you can actually get to your objectives, right? But it's really important to keep all these things top of mind all the time um, and, and not forget them. Um, so anyways, that's how I look at uh, kind of long-term or 2019 goals or planning. I look at them more as development areas is how I'm looking at it this year. And 
So anyways, I'll wrap up there. Hopefully this was helpful uh, to you. Maybe it gave you a different way of looking at, um, you know, uh, goals uh, and setting them. Um, you know, this is just the way I do it. I'm not saying this is the only way to do it or the right way or the wrong way. People are too hung up on that. You know, find what works for you. This, this is what, uh, what I'm going with. Um, take what you like, take what you, you know, ignore everything you don't like. And, um, that's it. So I hope this was helpful. Um, I'm going to wrap up here. Those are my development areas for, uh, for the next, uh, year. And, uh, over time, uh, I'll be checking in on them, uh, through the podcast. So anyways, I hope you all are having a great day and I'll see you next time on reflections of a CEO. All right. Have a good one. Bye.